Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. Hi everyone, welcome to Two Bit Idiots. This is episode four, I believe. Hats, is that mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, with us today, we have Andy Twenty One. What's your Twitter handle, Andy? Uh, AP underscore Bitcoin. AP underscore Bitcoin. Thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Not at all. So Andy and I have had a bit of um, back and forward over Twitter over the last, I don't know, Andy, maybe twelve months. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. I don't even know where that's started particularly do you uh i think i was i started following you and um there's a good volume of tweets coming through so uh, just saw the engagement and um plenty of things to respond to and uh and chat about so i think we, we just started talking there and um it worked out that we were both in the same time zone and uh you know in australia and uh Really, for me, it was just about reaching out to people who um, were also interested in Bitcoin and relatively new to it uh, from last year and uh, was aware of it from back in 2017, but um, you know, really took hold in uh, probably the depths of the COVID crash last year and um, just spent a lot of time learning about it and getting to know people in the, in the ecosystem. We're a um, pretty similar time frame then because that was, that was my entry too, was sort of February, March 2020. So that was... Um... We're both uh, fairly green, I guess. <laughs> yeah, or less beaten down or one of those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so obviously we're very professional, Andy. I asked you about just before we came on the pod if we could do a timestamp for a particular currency, and I then forgot to ask. Um, do you want to give us a, 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 a currency and um, we'll do a price stamp for that just now? Sure, Singapore dollars. All right, so we're on um, Bitbo, um, and it's $59,381.90. Um, and we are, what are we, 3.7% up on the day. Another good day. Always a good day. <laughs> um, All right. Well, Andy, tell us, um, can you tell us a little bit about, I guess, your background and what um, first brought you to Bitcoin? I know you just mentioned 2017 was your first kind of um, uh, intro to it, but when did you actually start taking it seriously? Oh, really, um, at the start of last year, when COVID hit, I think everybody um, that I know really began to start taking stock of what was going on. Like, you know, um, oh my God, we're in lockdown and there's this crazy thing happening and the markets have crashed. And um, it, it really, for me, um, I just started watching some content on YouTube. And um, at the time, you know, started seeing um, things from Rao Pal on um Real Vision and um, him talking about Bitcoin and it really started piquing my interest. I was like, oh, I, I remember this from like the last uh, bull run, um, but never really got into it. Um, and then just started looking into it and trying to understand what was going on in the markets and really realized I just didn't understand money and didn't mm-hmm. really understand macroeconomics. And, um, you know, I just found it fascinating. So really fell down the rabbit hole, you know, hard and quickly and um, just started consuming as much content as I could to understand more about macroeconomics and 
uh, the more I began to, began to understand that and what the central banks were doing and money printing and the impact that that has um, really kind of led me to Bitcoin and uh, as a, a solution to a lot of the problems that I was beginning to learn about. Um, so I just started putting my toe in the water and buying, you know, a few hundred bucks at a time and um, just beginning to get comfortable with it. And um, I guess, you know, long journey from there all the way through to, you know, being more sophisticated about how I'm investing in it and what I'm doing with it. You know, I don't trade. I, I'm absolutely a maxi. I don't touch you know, shit coins or uh, anything like that. I, you know, I very much come around to the way of thinking that this is a long-term savings solution for me. And it's really quite genuinely opened my eyes, not just to the financial benefits of it, but also, um, you know, all the socioeconomic benefits and uh, everything else. So, you know, really kind of fell hard for it and hopefully learned pretty quickly. I, you know, I work in professional services and, um, you know, have a lot of fun doing that and this was a, a really nice kind of counter counter kind of set of information and learnings that uh, was completely outside of what i normally do day to day which I, i've just found fascinating so can i go back a bit then so did you um did you think you understood money and then you just and and like like myself i thought i had a good grasp on it and then realized i didn't really know very much at all or did you did it just not really i mean it was um, you know, something that you used every day, but it, and you just assumed that it would always be the way it is. I mean, so wh what was your understanding before you found Bitcoin? And, and did, I think did, I don't did, really, did you feel I, like there was something wrong or, or did, were you not aware of it at all? I, I don't think I was aware of it at all, particularly. I mean, I, I've, always, I've always been relatively hand-to-mouth in terms of my relationship with money. Um, you know, I've always done okay. I have a decent job and I've, I've never been, you know, in a particularly hard, hard up way. Um, so I, I never really gave it much thought. And, you know, I think as I get older and I've got a couple of kids, um, it, it began to weigh on me a little bit more about my future and their future. And I think coming from the UK where um, pensions are optional, um, you know, I never had a pension in the UK and coming over to Australia since 2008, you, you build up this amount of funds um, for your retirement, but so I never really thought about it much, um, and thought that that would kind of take care of me in later life. I've, I've never really invested in property. I've, um, like I say, always lived, you know, um, pretty hand to mouth. So I think when COVID hit, it, it was a bit of a shock to my system as to how am I looking after myself financially? Am I um, doing the right thing by my kids? Am I putting enough away in case of a rainy day? You know. Do I have sufficient funds to survive like losing a job and uh, not, be, not having any money for six months? Um, so all of those questions were kind of running rife at that time, uh, yeah. which really kind of led me down the path to um, then actually beginning to understand money and um, what inflation does to it and you know how that's a stealth tax as, um, as well as you know interest rates being terrible. And I you know, a bunch of colleagues were fairly heavily into the stock market and that kind of um, I was like, well, should I put my money there? And um, the more you kind of learn about how the markets are accelerating and how much, um, you know, whether they're expensive and whether shares are expensive and, you know, started looking into all of that and, and then really found Bitcoin and went, actually, no, this is much more interesting to me. Um, you know, I, it's something that I can philosophically understand and believe in. Um, you know, I could just go and dump money in companies, but really that's, you know, I don't feel like I'm connected to that in any way. And I don't know enough necessarily to deep dive on various stocks or 
um, ETFs or any of that stuff like, like my colleagues were, um, I actually felt like I had a much more um, clear affinity with Bitcoin and uh, could understand the origins of it and the problems it's trying to solve or, or does solve. Um, so the more I've learned, you know, um, the more I felt like um, increasingly that's where I needed to be putting my money and start actually saving sensibly. So I've really gone from being, um, you know, high time preference to low time preference and, and being able to put my put my money away and not just fr frivolously spend it on stupid stuff. Like it's, um, yeah. you know, it's been a really interesting journey from that regard. It's really changed my relationship with money. I mean, you've gone quickly. I mean, we'll get to sort of, we're going to go towards um, uh, self-managed super stuff like that as well. And near the end of the, or further on the conversation, maybe, but you've gone quickly from in a period of 18 months to 24 months or something like that to from sort of nothing to everything. So yeah, um, where, I guess uh, even if I go further back, what was where was what was the awareness in like 13, 14, 15? Was there any awareness at all that like you'd heard the word or and you just never looked or? Uh, yeah, look, I, I kind of heard of it. I, I was a gamer when I was younger and okay. um, you know into things like World of Warcraft and, and stuff like that. So I was always very familiar with digital currency and um, you know trade the trade economy, even the black market outside of uh, Warcraft buying you know, yep. um, I guess what you'd call NFTs now. Um, so, you know, interestingly, um, I, I kind of understood it and I've always worked in the um, in and around uh, the IT industry. So um, so that's not unfamiliar for me and technology is, you know, what I do day to day. So um, from that regard, I'd heard of it, but I, um, I I didn't really pay it much attention, but it was really the, the bull run uh, the big bull run in uh, seventeen eighteen that you know caught my attention more, and obviously it was in uh, in the public eye a lot more. And um, there were a few people that uh, were you know friends of friends that were investing in it, and you know kind of speculatively going in at two twenty thousand dollars and going, "Wow, this is going to go to the moon." And obviously it didn't. So I, I think at that point and the crash, I, I just kind of wrote it off and, and didn't really think about it again. Uh, like I say, until the COVID crash wave. Yeah. So I guess as far as timeline goes, we're very similar. And as I said, you know, you seem to kind of develop into a maxi fairly quickly. I feel like I did fairly quickly, but then I had hats. Did I call it, did I dox yeah, you before? Yeah, we'll oh, be I'm, I'm terrible. At that. Okay, we'll be like, um, yeah, but I had hats to kind of really uh, guide me, I suppose a little bit, or just, steer me in the right direction did you have anyone in particular or a couple of people that um helped you along your journey i suppose no not not outside of consuming content um from all the kind of usual um sources you know whether it's stefan Oliveira or um you know what bitcoin did or, or any of those things and you kind of go through waves of um depths of understanding of bitcoin i think and um you know i so I, I've just consumed a lot of content. Like I'll spend hours and hours a day watching uh, stuff. Like simply Bitcoin's probably uh, that starts my day every day now. Um, it's just the, the, the guys there are um, are just really smart about their understanding of how it all fits together, and uh, I find them very interesting to consume. But it, it, it's really been a, a gradual kind of. I mean, you say it's rapid in eighteen months. To me, it's been. Um, you know, I guess it's gone very quickly, but I, I've, I don't know how many hundreds of hours I've spent, you know, watching content and developing an understanding, you know, and, and it can be difficult at different points, right? I think 
you know, I now understand multi-sig. Like if you'd have shown that to me 12 months ago or even three months ago, I'm like, oh my God, how does that work? And just really couldn't wrap my head around it. So it really takes, I think, quite a lot of effort to um, to consume and learn and understand. And I found, um, you know, I found, there's great content like Parker Harris and others that, um, you know, just put out a lot of great content that um, you just got to learn. You've got to put the time in. Mm. So, so what, I'm trying to think what um are you are you coming at it from a, a technical angle like you can understand it technically so therefore that that side of it was easier for you and the the, heart, the, bit, the bit that you had to learn was the money side or or uh, like, what is probably it the that, other way around okay so what is it that's causing so tech, you? i get sorry you go oh no it's just I, what is it what i'm really interested in what it is that is making this kind of all consuming for everybody you're saying you've consumed hundreds of hours i i have I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm morning to night, you know, really have been for the last three or four years. Yeah. So you know, I feel like I'm pretty hardcore into it, but the, the, I'm nothing compared to you. No, I mean, I, I mean, I literally changed my life to con- basically understand Bitcoin better. I mean, that's, that's, that's never happened to me before on anything. Right. And I'm really interested. Yeah, in, I'm interested in why people do that or if they even know. I mean, I don't really fully understand why I do it. Um, is it the opportunity or is it, you know, the hope or what? what is it? I think you. It, it would be naive to say that it, it wasn't the opportunity to start with. Um, you know, I think the idea of uh, not making a fast buck, but being able to invest money and see a sensible return, particularly with everything that's going on. Like, you know, if I put ten grand in a um, savings account with a, a local bank, I wouldn't get anything back. Like, it, you, you might earn a dollar a year or something ridiculous. <laughs> even high interest savings accounts. I think that was another thing back at that time, there were a bunch of neo banks that had launched in um, Australia um, that I, I, and I found that interesting as well, because for Australia, it was quite um, you know, forward thinking that uh, these technology companies could become neo banks and, and start up um, you know, based around savings accounts initially. Um, but then, you know, you look at their interest rates and it's a joke, like it was, three percent or something and then it drops down to two or a half or like it's basically nothing and then they go bankrupt or um or exit because it's just not a viable business to pay interest to anybody so um i I think seeing that and understanding that and working in the industry that i do around technology and finance like i just found it fascinating as to how do you how do you invest your money? Like if you're accumulating cash, how do you invest it? Um, so that A, that it's safe, but B, that it, you get a return. And I think part of the fascination for me is Bitcoin, you know, being what it is, it's it's a non-tangible uh, digital, um, digital currency, um, savings technology, like beginning to understand the techni- technical aspects of it, the hard money aspects of it, the... Um, you know, ability to move it anywhere very quickly and that it, it's all your own control, um, you know, your own keys, your own money. Um, I, I, find, I just found all of that in combination fascinating that just makes me understand that there's something new to learn every day about it. So I think the intellectual curiosity is really important as well as, you know, the opportunity around it as well. And, and certainly I, I want to be in a position where I'm investing in something that um, means that I am better off in four years, eight years, ten years, you know, than I am today. Yeah. So, so how about um, your family and friends? How on board are they with 
um, your Bitcoin passion? So I, I've definitely orange pilled a few, um, <laughs> and a couple of them um, are certainly um, you know sitting on a, a on a stack um, and shitcoining at the same time, which clearly um, you know you try and steer them away from. But everyone has to go down that path for themselves and learn why or why not. Um, uh, and then there's other friends who. Uh, you, uh, like you get so consumed by it or you can't help talking about it. Like if you're having a beer with a mate, uh, th- there is no way it doesn't come up in conversation yeah. somehow. Um, so there's a few people that uh, I'm friends with who um, are also Bitcoiners, but we got to it completely independently and like, oh, thank God. Like, you know, I've got, I've, you know, got a mate here who uh, I haven't spoken to for a while, but we, we caught up um, due to some work stuff and uh, we ended up talking about it and then he's talking about um, how do we start Bitcoin mining on a, a rural property with solar power. So like I'm stuff like that's just hilarious to me. Yeah. We are having the same conversations. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, in fact, those, those conversations are exactly what we've had. Like yeah. How do we go yeah. about that? Um, so did you avoid the shit coins completely yourself or? Did, um, so you don't have days, to answer that by I, the way, if you don't, if you yeah, don't want no, no, to. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. No, no, it's fine. Um, so I bought a couple of ETH um, early, very early days. Um, and then as I kind of developed what I was watching on YouTube and, and the podcast I was following, it very quickly dawned on me that it was a very different thing and it wasn't the thing that I'm looking for. Um, and you know, your learning then develops and matures around shit coins and you just go, well, fine. If people want to do that, then, you know, that's out on the risk curve and, and that's their prerogative and good luck to them. Um, but I think as, you know, as everybody says, um, shit coins are all designed to separate you from your Bitcoin. And, uh, mm. my intention is to stack as hard as possible and not be separated from any of my Bitcoins. So. Yeah. It's, um, great answer. I think there, I think potentially they're, 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 I'm trying not to be controversial, I guess. Um, I think potentially there's some, um, technically interesting things that are happening on some projects. Um, and I think it would be foolish for, for people to just disregard that but if the problem that nmd is trying to solve is the problem of money which there's a huge money that's the biggest problem we have there is nothing else even trying to fix that problem so maybe something but but are they some that are purporting to solve that problem because there's got to be out of all those yeah but then you just get into centralization to decentralization and you very quickly knock that one on its head so um so there may be other things even like the even like the DeFi, you know, everything that's purporting to be DeFi is really CFI because it's centralized, not decentralized. I don't, I've never understood um, that, that concept. Like the, you're t- they're talking DeFi, but it, yeah, like none of it is. It's not I mean, it's centralized. Bitcoin, like Bitcoin if, is the DeFi. What was it? Solana last week um, going down for eight hours. Well, try turning Bitcoin off for eight hours. Like it's, it's not going to happen. Like <laughs> yeah. it is properly decentralized. So um, I, you know, part of this journey, you kind of get into building your own nodes and, uh, really enjoyed doing that using Umbral and, uh, Raspberry Pi. And, you know, that takes you down a different rabbit hole of, you know, how it all functions and being able to validate your own transactions. And, um, so that, that stuff is really interesting, but you look at all the shit coins and you go, well, what problem are you trying to solve? Like there may be stuff that's out there that's interesting, but it's certainly not solving the money problem that, um, I saw for myself and it certainly won't help me you know i might be able to increase my my wealth quickly if i timed something right but i haven't got the time to work out which ones are going to go up when and by how much or 
know, even if ETH is going to outperform Bitcoin in the bull run, well, you know, that's great. But at the same time, it's it forked the other week. Like, how can you trust something that um, that behaves that way? And you know, you you see them changing the the whole way, you know, all the monetary rules around the the platform as well. And I'm like, well, you know, that to me isn't something that's stable and um, you know a, a place to store your wealth. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a horse race, really. It's gambling on a horse. And yeah, you could have some yeah. knowledge. You could have some knowledge about horses. Mm. But, you know, if the race doesn't happen, it doesn't matter, right? That's a bad analogy. But you, you, but you get the point, right? It's, you're just... Well, you're to, just you, to use the analogy, if I went to a race course, like I wouldn't know the first thing about any of the horses and all I'm doing is having a punt. Um, and that's fine if I want to have a punt with 100 bucks, but it's not fine if I want to you know, pump my whole wealth. So. Yeah, you store your family's wealth into the future, exactly. Um, yeah. But you've still got, to stick with that analogy, you've still got your your bookies and your, you know, your diehards that are at the track every day betting on this one, that one, because of conditions and all that kind of stuff. So they're the, they're the day traders. Always wins. They're, the, they're the, the day traders. The bookie the always wins, right? The bookie always wins, that's right. And the gambler only tells you their winning story. Exactly, that's right. right. We've all we've all gambled at some stage, and what become what makes you a gambler is is not losing, it's winning, right? We've all got a winning story, and we like to tell it, and that's what I see on Twitter with all the um, shit coins is that people are telling their winning story, but what they're not telling you is everything else that that runs beside that. I mean, oh, totally. I, I watched, so I'm late fifteen, I think I was when I first bought Andy. Um, and I got, I didn't understand it properly, to be honest. And, and I watched it go up and down and whatever. So I, and I was buying all over the place and spending and whatever. And, um, yeah, watching it go down was difficult. Watching it go from sort of 18,000 down to three, um, was really difficult. Um, cause, That's cause rough, you've got yeah. this, you're, you've got this conviction, um, did you have that conviction at well, that point? My, do you think? I don't know. I, I mean, it's definitely certainly grown since. But um, yeah. but I mean, I, I was I was confident. Yeah. And I'm constantly being proven wrong by the market, and I'm having to question, 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 question. And the quality of content out there, um, it was available, but it was harder to find, and it was it was sort of it was very fringe. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Whereas now, even though you might consider like I don't know the Swan Lounge or Twitter Spaces or um, you know, Peter McCormack to be fringe. They are they're, they're, they've a, they've a level of sophistication about them um, where you can it, it's sort of acceptable to place some faith for a lot of people. Mm. Um, yeah. But um, so the level of information now, I think it makes it a lot easier to become more convicted. But also there is a shitload of other information from these other um, thousands of coins that I don't understand. I'm not fully understanding how people when they come in avoid it. Are you, is it just a case of luck? Oh, you think, come in on the right thing, or you just, or it's intellectual curiosity, or? I, I think for me, like I, I watched a bunch of them early days when I was getting into it, uh, and you know, Lark Davis is a good example of um, you know somebody who um, you know talks very well about Bitcoin, but also like sells the shit out of a load of shit coins, um, and you start off watching him and, you know, they're very good at marketing what they do and the way they sell and all of that stuff. And eventually I think if you, if you, if you go down the rabbit hole far enough and you learn enough about Bitcoin, you realize that they're all shit coiners and you just stop watching their content. So there's a, you know, 
a lot of that's going to be down to like the YouTube algorithm that you you start watching stuff and you you get more sophisticated about your use of YouTube and you start like saying, don't recommend this channel and don't recommend that channel. And the mm. ones that you watch kind of lead you to the better content. So I think it becomes an iterative thing because um, it's very, it, it's almost impossible to avoid shitcoining when you're into mm. Bitcoin because it all gets lumped together. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, if you're honest with yourself and you understand what it is you're trying to achieve and, and learn, um, it becomes apparent that shitcoining is just a waste of time. So um, yeah, that's, yeah, I don't think you start out as a maxi, but you end up as a maxi if you're honest with yourself. I used to get um, in my Twitter feed the promoted Ripple Ripple things. Yeah. Um, I don't get them anymore. So they kept coming up and I'd report them as spam or whatever it was. Just and I don't, yeah. maybe maybe three times. Don't get it. I don't think I'll get any shit coins in my Twitter feed. As advert. As, as an advert. Uh, well. Either that or I'm just like now blinking and I just don't I just don't see them. I don't know. Or we're waiting for a, a a full bull run to run properly, and uh, and then we'll to, get them. them to have a huge amount of disposable money, uh, you know, yeah, money no. that they can spend yeah. on adverts. I don't know, but I mean, I found are you are you a big um, podcast listener, um, or is it yeah. you? You tend to be YouTube. Well, I, I I tend to watch most of them on YouTube, but I will listen okay. to podcasts as well, like if I'm in the car or whatever. So yeah, because um, it was the podcast. I, the, I think the podcast for me helped me filter out a lot of things because you know you subscribe yeah. to a pod and you've got you know, 10 that you've got and you listen to them and um you can have i think you can avoid some of the stuff on you because youtube you can very much i mean you know watch a cat video and you're down a rabbit hole and you don't you have no idea how you got there um whereas the pods i don't think do that quite so much so i think maybe that's yeah I don't know. more helpful i do i mean it's a good point like to to say that it, it's almost like its own little universe bubble you know that we we're in or you know your shitcoin a friend is in and i'm always thinking why is why is he not seeing what i'm seeing yeah but but why you know equally he could be saying why is he not seeing what i'm seeing with whatever shitcoin i mean fairly consistently um the, my shitcoin of friends uh part of their routine they will subscribe to like a telegram group or a whatever where they give them trading mechanisms for um you know and trading advice and timings and other things for them to go and trade ripple or cardano or whatever um and they're doing it to get more bitcoin but yeah. i think they just haven't seen the ass fall out of their shit coins yet um to yeah. learn that actually it's going to cost you bitcoin in the long run yeah so everybody mm. that's what i've said to you early on like everybody needs a kick in the teeth you know, to, you have, to actually, you said that a couple of times, actually. And yeah, I, I like think it, you're actually, uh, you actually really want me to get, I do, I, I, I do want you to get a bit of a kick in the teeth just so that. Well, again, um, again, I started in February 2020 and then March hit. Yeah. That said, I wasn't heavily in, but it was a, a pretty early kind of um, a bit of a glove slap, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, it's, it's difficult when you sort of encourage somebody to join in and, and then they immediately lose some money. I mean, that's quite a hard, like, because you've got to answer the questions. Um, I've an, got definitely orange pilled a bunch of people, and I very strongly caveat with do your own research. Like, don't yeah, trust oh, yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I might have been lucky when I got in, but then, you know, all I'm actually doing is dollar cost averaging, you know, not necessarily every day, but certainly once a week or once a fortnight. Um, 
and therefore, you know, that volatility kind of hits me less. But my advice is always do your own research. Like here's some really good resources to go and read and understand whether it's 21 lessons or um, hope.com or, or whatever else, you know, go and listen to Michael Saylor speak, you know, every time I'm feeling down on myself because the market's volatile down, go watch a Michael Saylor video and you just buy some more. Like it's, yeah. it's yes. really hard not to. Yes. He's very, he's very, uh, he's a great communicator and he's very convincing. Uh, but I, but also it's really easy to sell a product that you've, you believe in that, that and it's, and you're telling the truth. Like that's the easiest product yeah. to, you're happy to do that right yeah yeah um but yeah i mean but some people... i keep i keep checking myself am i like turning into a conspiracy theorist and uh, all of this <laughs> stuff because of everything i'm learning and am i doing the right thing like i believe it so strongly and i've got such high conviction with it that i can ride you know even the volatility recently you know from 64 down to uh, 30 odd and, and everything else you know i have to keep checking myself and going is, is this real? Like, am I really this early? Like, do, does the majority not actually understand what's going on? And then I only have to look back 18 months and go, yeah, they don't because yeah. I didn't. And, yeah. you know, I consider myself a reasonably intelligent person who can uh, understand complex, you know, issues. Um, and I clearly didn't 18 months ago and now I do a lot. So, you know, it's just such a fascinating time. Yeah. And even, I mean, I would argue that you know, if 1% of the world are involved in some capacity, I would argue that 1% of that 1% actually know what we're, they're talking about. Hmm. You know, they, they really fully understand. I mean, I, I, I'm, I would struggle to even put myself there, even though I've been doing it for so long, because there's so much to know. And as you say, there's so much to learn. So um, really, I'd, we are incredibly early. And it's it's yeah. very difficult to get wrap your uh, wrap your head around that yeah and i think uh, as a species we're also wired for short-term gain or short-term uh, uh feedback you know what i mean yeah. so there's a lot of people that are you know buying bitcoin that um just do not see or don't aren't interested in seeing what the actual um global long-term humanitarian benefits it can actually have or they don't have the luxury like if sorry please andy yeah, I just think, you know, even just in the last couple of weeks with the, you know, what, 10% of decline, which is laughably small compared to, to others. Um, I was, you know, I think Will Clemente and some of the other guys who do the on-chain metrics and um, analysis were saying something like, you know, 80, 90% of all of the coins that were sold through this dip were like less than a couple of weeks old in terms of when they last moved. So it's mm. all very short-term stuff. So um you know the all the whales have been accumulating and accumulating through this recent dip um even since you know the, the last um the last peak so yeah i, th I think short-termism and being able to view things on a, a longer time horizon um isn't natural necessarily um which you know i, I guess we'll get to it but th that's kind of what led me with the self-managed super fund to to that longer time horizon with with um, your pension and when you can retire and how that all works um, really kind of led me to well, how am I investing for that that part of my future? Well, please go. go let's go there. Yeah, we, can, we can jump yeah. back and forward. So um, no, that's a good segue, actually. Yeah, I mean, so what was the what was your thought process? You had um, you'd bought on exchange, moved to wallet, run your own node. It was the sort of next progressive step, or 
Well, well, yeah. I mean, actually, you know, you, you kind of, you see all of the back and forth on Twitter and like, you know, are you all in? Well, how all in are you? Like, are you 50% all in or are you all in, all in? And <laughs> I'm kind of looking at looking at my investments and, and where it is. And obviously, in, you know, Australia with superannuation, um, 10% of your annual salary um, every year is, you know, committed to the superannuation. You know, it's paid on, paid by the, by your employer. Um, so I, I, I'm looking at my superannuation fund and, you know, it, it's okay. It, it's, I, you know, it's been accumulating since 2008. So there's, you know, 12, 13 years worth of um, funds in there. Um, and it's sitting with a standard Australian superannuation firm. Um, and since, you know, the start of the COVID um, you know, thing 18 months ago and getting into Bitcoin, I started getting a lot better about budgeting and tracking and understanding, you know, the ups and downs of um, everything that I have. And basically with a view to how much more money can I put into Bitcoin and how hard and fast can I keep saving? Um, and I've got this pool of money sat with Australian Super and um, I actually emailed them uh, and said, so, you know, can I, can I invest some of this in, in Bitcoin? And they came back with a classic catalog of FUD around terrorism and um, <laughs> nefarious uh, purposes and fraud and you know, like it was just a shadowy supercoders. Exactly, um, and and I just thought, well, this is bollocks, you know. And I'm looking at what my super's returning every uh, every month and the amount that I'm putting into it and the gains that I'm getting. Um, and don't get me wrong, you know investing since the start of COVID has been a good time to invest. And I'm fully well aware that it could, the ask can fall out again and it can do an 80% drawdown. And then, you know, it might be another four years before it goes back up again. Um, so I understand that volatility and, you know, you can always be the most confident person in the world when you've seen your wealth go up or your savings go up like we have since uh, February, March last year. Um, but anyway, I, I looked at my super fund and I'm like, well, I don't want to leave it with you guys anymore. I don't actually know where you're investing it. Um, you know, the funds are always very opaque about um, where your money actually is. Um, they're usually uh, investing um, your the pooled funds with um, organizations like Vanguard, who uh, produce a lot of ETFs and other things. Um, they usually move their money to those uh, those kinds of funds, and then you get your return or whatever. So. Anyway, I was seeing maybe, I mean, it averages out at about 14, between 10 and 14% a year uh, with a super fund in, in a good, you know, in a good run. Um, doesn't always go up, but that's a good sort of average, you know, 10 to 14%. Um, and I thought, well, I've got all this money sitting here. How do I actually um, get it out of this standard super fund and get it into Bitcoin? And what mechanism can I do that? So should I like, you know, this is my pension fund. I'm going to retire with it. Should I be doing that? Like this feels really risky, uh, but is it, you know, is it risky it being there earning 10 to 14% or, you know, should I go invested in Bitcoin and with a compound 213% a year for 10 years, isn't it stupid not to put it there? So I think the, the more maxi I got, the more um, convinced I got, the more I looked into it. Um, happened to time it really well. I um, talked with a friend who had a self-managed super fund. 
the process for that. He said, like, go and get an advisor and they'll help you do it all. And I thought, well, I can work that for myself. So anyway, I did. It, it's, uh, it's a pretty tortuous process to set one up. It takes about six weeks. Um, it's very linear, like you have to you know, do a whole ton of paperwork in a very linear fashion. And um, anyway, it's, it's not complicated. It's just, um, it's just a bit drawn out. Um, so at the end of, uh, end of that six-week period, I, I had my own self-managed super fund. You have to set up your own company and all these other things. Um, and I was able to move my funds out of uh, the super fund into my self-managed super fund. Um, set up a um, broking account and the local laws mean that you have to use a uh, local Australian um, uh, exchange. Um, so did all of that and managed to uh, move 100% of my funds into Bitcoin um, uh. and then move them. This is when I got into multi-sig and working out like the, the sensible trade-offs of multi-sig and uh, the security of all of that and managed to obviously then move them from the exchange um, into a multi-sig wallet. And um, it gives you a, a really quite um, serene sense of control over your money because when it's in a super fund, you have no control. Like you can't touch it. You can't move it. it it's a, uh, their whims. They do whatever they want with it. Um, whereas with the self-managed super fund and uh, putting it all into Bitcoin, it's it's my Bitcoin, like it's uh, it's on my uh, in my address, and I look after it, and I'm responsible for it, and I can do what I want with it. So yeah. um, I actually bizarrely sleep better knowing that it's there in Bitcoin than I did, you know, being perpetually worried that the ass is going to fall out of the stock market and have no control about being able to do anything about that. So that was that was exactly my next question, and um, because people. I can imagine people listening to this thing, thinking, oh my God, the crazy guy's just taken 100% of his super and chucked it into Bitcoin. But what your response to that is, I sleep better knowing that it's in Bitcoin. It's my, it's mine. Like I, I look yeah. after it. I understand the volatility of it. Um, certainly the opportunity um, for growth is significantly better than, um, you know, a, a much more standard approach. Now, my my risk tolerance is clearly high, um, but you're talking about uh, your funds that, you know, in Australian law, you're not allowed to touch your superannuation funds. You're not allowed to start withdrawing them until you're 60 years old. Well, that's a good, um, you know, good 15 plus years for me. Um, so I can have a really good time preference around that yeah. those funds. So my risk tolerance is, is great now. That may well diminish over, as I get closer to retirement and um, needing stability in um, funds. But quite frankly, between now and then, Bitcoin has all the opportunity in the world to mean that you know I could be retiring in four years or eight years rather than um, you know, 20 years. And, and there is no one... There's no one that's been in Bitcoin for four years that has ever lost money, ever. No, exactly. Which is in, it's an incredible statistic if you think about it. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that could compare, compare with that. Oh, no, yeah. you just, so it's just about... I mean, I, 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 I timed nicely with this. Like, I was that, that six week cycle of setting up self managed mm -hmm. super fund. I'm like, oh my God, why is this taking so long? Because the market was coming off of 64, 65,000. Um, and it was dropping and I'm like, buy opportunity. It's a buy opportunity. Yeah. And, and like, it's, you know, it's coming down and I'm going, I really wanted the process to hurry up. Um, 
And as it worked out, I, I hit the almost near bottom of the dipper around 31,000. Um, uh-huh. And that day my money cleared. Um, <laughs> I was waiting like, and, and I'm like, shit, how do I, how do I actually move all of this money in one go uh, to actually buy Bitcoin in one go? Because, you know, there are, there are limits with bank accounts about how much money you can move around. So yeah. like anyway, I, and the exchanges. lots of those sorts of hurdles. Yeah, and the exchanges. Um, although quite interestingly, the exchange I, I'm dealing, I was dealing with, um, they had like a five grand or a 10 grand a day limit. And I phoned them up and said, look, I've got X amount of money. Um, and they went, yeah, no problem at all. And just up the limit. So, um, but I, I just timed it really nicely. Um, so, you know, clearly I think I'm a hero because <laughs> I timed it well, but you know, totally not my, uh, nothing to do with me. Um, oh, I think you're a hero, I Andy. Saw, yeah. Then I saw like a 65% rise in my super yeah. in two months. Um, now you compare that and you extrapolate out what it would have been in super fund that it was in and I'm four years ahead of the game. Yeah. But you were going in with it. You're always going in with a long-term goal. So you're even if it had gone, even if it had gone the other way on you, yeah, you wouldn't feel such a hero right now, but you would, you still believe you'd still be comfortable with your decision. Oh, and everyone I've talked to, I've said, look, it could have just as easily been 65% down as 65% up. So um, you know, it, it is what it is, but my, like I say, my, my conviction and my time horizon is much longer. So, uh, if I look at the last 10 years of Bitcoin, how can I, you know, how can anyone lose really, particularly everything that's going on macroeconomically. So that conviction is what's led me to the decision that I made. Um, you know, I clearly think I'm clever now and I may well, um, you know, have more gray hair as, uh, the bull market ends and, uh, the price drops and everything else, but, but actually, um, I think I've, I feel convicted, like I can see a, you know, 30, 40, $50,000 drop in net worth in a matter of a couple of days. And it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Like, it's weird. It, it, if you'd have asked me that a couple of years ago, I'd have been freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> but I actually, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange sort of, um, what would I call it? Like, um, I was commented on uh, Gigi today, it was... Um, a fud zen it's like once you fud zen. once yeah. you get um to the point where you're really <laughs> you're really deeply convicted you you see all these things come through it's almost enjoyable it's almost well, it's, en- a, it's either not number go up or it's a buy opportunity that's all it is yes so they said that on uh, simply bitcoin this morning like today's episode was just epic um it's probably one of the best ones that they've done but like they were saying that the bitcoin community is probably the only um community in the world that celebrates the ass falling out of the price like it, it's you know <laughs> it's, great, it's just a buying it? opportunity like you say it's like oh my god cheap sats fantastic like it's not yeah. you know my net worth's gone down it's just it it's more cheap sats yeah 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 it's, it's crazy man I, I mean i've thought about this and I, I think you were initially brought up the whole um self-managed super fun thing with me before but i'm now you've excited me to no end andy to be honest but then you got you got to consider you you know people's circumstances. Let me just qualify that for me. People's circumstances are different, right? People, oh, yeah, people yeah. are different ages. They've got different risk profiles. They might have five kids. Yeah. They might have two kids. They might have no kids. They might be a single person. Yeah, on a yeah. Huge salary. So you got to make the decision that is correct for yourself, and only you can take and make that. But mm. I just think listening to the different stories and listening to why people made the decisions they made, mm. um, and that the, you know if it had gone other way, you'd still feel comfortable. That's the big thing. Mm. Like. 
I mean, I, I didn't have to put 100% in. No. You can do a self-managed no, super right. fund and you can go and put 75% of your funds into an ETF or a set of ETFs or whatever you like, really. Go buy property with it. You do whatever you want. Um, I, I just, you know, for me, um, it, it would feel like leaving money on the table if I didn't put it all into Bitcoin. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can totally agree with that. I mean, I the the, the money I worry about is the money that's not in Bitcoin, not the money. Yeah, that it, not that's the money exactly that what that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, the fact that it's now in in my multi sig, you know, setup and under my control. Um, you know, I know it's secure. I've got mechanisms and you know, security for managing all of that and making sure that you know it's uh if anything ever happened to me that it's you know it finds the finds its way to the right uh you know to my kids and everything else then all of that stuff's taken care of and I, i'm sleeping better at night because i'm not worried about the stock market crashing and stocks you know doing weird shit and my super fund you know crashing by god knows how much even if that happens with bitcoin i just have the long-term conviction that i know it recovers you know sensibly or uh, yeah I, I just i sleep better for sure yeah. So let's say that continues to grow like we all think it's going to do. Um, how does that affect your life? I mean, hopefully you're doing a job that you quite enjoy. Um, but once you have this sort of choice of doing whatever you want to do, um, have you thought about that? Yeah, for sure. Look, um, I, I do love my job. I always have. And um you know, it's, it's a big part of your life. There's no point doing a job you hate because, um, you know, why bother? Um, so I, I'm lucky with that regard. I think, you know, I, my super fund's one thing and, um, you know, you get paid your um, contribution every month. Mine actually comes in, you know, on a fortnightly basis and um, I'm DCAing my super fund, um, you know, fortnightly, which is just such an amazing feeling. That's a great, that, that's a great that's way money to look that, at it. Yeah, that money was previously just going into, you know, my super fund and who knows what happened to it. But, but I'm actually actively DCAing uh, yeah. into my super fund, which is awesome, um, as well as, you know, my personal stack. Um, and, you know, that's um, that's something I focus hard on, making sure that I'm, I'm putting every spare dollar into that and, and saving hard for the future. Um, and I hope that, you know, it's that that frees me from having to, to do a day job and enables me to, you know, do whatever I, I want to do with my future life and um, you know, build a property on on some land or, or you know, something like that um, and make the most of the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, so hopefully my personal stack does that. The, the super stack is, you know, ultimately um, to make sure I have a, an extremely comfortable retirement and, you know, it's future wealth for your kids. So. Mm. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, I actually, so I do, D, I daily DCA now, not into super. I just, um, I haven't, I haven't made that leap yet. Um, but I, I, not with any more money than I used to. I just say, I just split it over the days rather than the weeks or whatever I was previously. And I still do go in and smash from time to time just because I enjoy that side of it too. And I think I'm, you know, trying to be smart and I'm never that smart. I usually lose. Um, but I, I, I did an exercise a, a couple of months back to see, if you just actually built up your um, fiat for a while and then smashed on days when you had a 5% drop, would actually would you have actually got further ahead? And you'd obviously have to set up an order every day and 
whatever, just to try and catch it. And the answer is no. The answer is no. You still, right. you, you win on a daily season. So what Bitcoin actually, when I, mean, I went back about, I think I went back to maybe three years worth of data or something. And what it actually does, just looking at the trend of not always, but often is it'll have a down day and then it'll have another down day. So you actually blow your money on the first down day when you, if you'd have held for another day, mm. um, you, you would have actually done better. So I, I didn't ever go back and look at this, you know, if I, if you do it on the second day after, you know, you get two, 5% down days or 10% down days in a row or something, not, not that you get many tens anymore, but um, it's uh, yeah, it's really interesting. And that doing that, is a huge amount of work and a huge amount of stress. And, you know, you're putting on orders every day and canceling orders and whatever, and, you know, spending yeah. a load of time. Whereas if you just set a set and forget daily DCA, you, you remove the most, the most, um, the biggest issue in the formula and that's yourself yeah. because yeah. You, you believe I, you can beat it. Oh, you just, I do it oh, kind you of differently. Yeah. I mean, I do I completely agree. I, I do do it kind of differently because I really enjoy hitting the buy button and you know, <laughs> recording how much I've bought and putting it in the spreadsheet and like yeah. seeing the stack grow and all of that stuff. Um, so I, I auto deposit into a, um, an exchange whenever, but this is my point as to why I'd be terrible with shit coins because if I've got cash in my exchange account, I can't help but spend it all immediately. Like if I got 200 bucks in, on the exchange, I've got to buy Bitcoin right there and then. It doesn't matter what the price is doing. Mm, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I couldn't wait that extra day. I'd never wait that extra day because I'd be sat on that two hundred bucks, going, "Oh, should should I should I push the button? Like, I want to buy it." And I just I can't help it. Like, literally, as soon as the money hits the account, um, the trading account, I just have to hit buy. Mm. Like, I, I can't muck around. I can't. I can't trade. I'm just, just drawn do you to mar- like, market price. Yeah, just market price. Like, yeah. you know. At the end of the day, it's probably, you know, what, a couple of hundred sats either way or yeah. um, whatever it might be between 10 minutes here and 10 minutes there. Or um, if you set an order and, you know, you want to get it for that order, well, sod's law, the price is going to go up. So um, that's why I just market buy. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, you're, that's, that's yeah. I never have a good, uh, good uh, time with setting limits and orders. No, because you, never. because, because greed, well, patience and greed. You, oh, no, you, just, you want to sit in order. You think, oh, I'm going to beat everybody else today. And, you know, once, oh, well, once, I, I, in, once in five years or somewhere in six years, I've managed to be like the lowest of the day. Yeah. That's about, and once, you know, of hundreds of buys, yeah, once. Yeah. And so you, for me, it's not, just the sugar hit of another 100,000, 200,000 sats and like, great, move it off to cold storage. Yeah. I mean, that's the only, the only bit that I, I try to be patient with is um, not moving it off. Um, you know, every time I like try and I try and build up to a certain amount before I move it off just to um, yeah. diminish the, you know, on-chain costs of moving it. But yeah. um, other than that, you know, can't, can't help myself. How about, how about Lightning, Andy? Have you experimented with Lightning at all? Yeah. So like I said, I've set up my own node and um, started moving some sets into that. I, I'm still, I still don't feel like the UIs, um, you know, simplistic enough for me. Um, I, I do find it all a bit complicated and um, opening channels. And I, I got to the point where I'd opened a channel and, but then it's all loaded on my side and not their side. And then yeah. you have to go through other mechanisms to make sure you've got two-way channels. And um, so I, I just, I, I'm kind of not quite there technically yet. 
Um, I'm, ho I'm hoping Instrike launches in Australia sooner rather than later, because that mm -hmm. seems like the simplest, easiest way to buy and uh, and move funds around. So um, Jack Marlers clearly has a um, you know grander plan in place to not be charging for doing all of that stuff. So um, I'm looking forward to that. But um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm really interested by it all and how it's all growing and the you know the amount of Bitcoin that's locked up in Lightning now it's growing like mm. exponentially. It's really fascinating to watch. Um, but I, at the moment I'm there's not much that I need to buy with Bitcoin and I don't really intend on buying much. I'm, I'm you know, like I said, I'm, I'm stacking and holding. So um, I'm sure that will change over time and I'm sure the UI will improve just generally around lightning, but I won't have to worry about it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I use a custodial lightning wallet. I use blue um, and only just for playing around with really. And just for introducing, I like, I like to, do the demonstration for people it's it, it it can convince people far better than i ever could a friend of mine has a um young son um who keeps bees um and you know he make you know they, they farm honey and i won't you know buy his honey and i've been giving him 20 bucks for his honey for however long and and um, last night for the we agreed it the other day but last night for the first time i sent him 20 bucks worth of bitcoin via lightning and i just just to watch his face and he got it nice. I, oh he got it straight away he was he was he's a gamer he just, kid too well um a little bit yeah, a little yeah. bit but um yeah the gamers i think will get it immediately yes um because they understand they, they can see the value of the digital uh digital currency whereas you know your boomers struggle with that yeah but um the gamers will get that side of it quickly but it was but yeah i mean i don't use it uh, for anything much more than that but i think to give people just a little taste and so then and then they can go off on their own little tangent and come back to me with something that i don't know That's, i love that side of it so you're going to keep buying that honey or giving him bitcoin for home well i what i did last night um i um had a 20 so i spent 20 bucks and um um so i said you know i held up the 20 bucks and i just said you know what would you prefer you want your first bitcoin or do you want the 20 bucks and i let him make the call how old, how old was he he's, is he? Uh, he's 14 i think that's good 14. that's cool um, cyber hornet but, um, honey that's what you should call cyber, it cyber cyber honey yeah <laughs> um but, uh, uh yeah sorry just my daughter's uh, oh. just give me five minutes here. oh of course mate all right, I'll come down and flat things. Okay. Cool, all good. No worries, mate. How are we going for time? Are you, how are you for time? Well, we're probably. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, we're nearly an hour. So. How, um, who's like a Bitcoiner that you've found to be in helpful or channels or that you would, you would point somebody else to? Like either Twitter or maybe a pod or maybe a YouTube channel or something or, you know, writings. Who, who was helpful for oh, you? I've mentioned it. If I've mentioned it a few times, but simply Bitcoins just they knock yeah. it out of the park. That's the one. Yeah, just every single day. I mean, they're covering you know, macroeconomics, but it is just about Bitcoin. They, you know, they highlight. Um, you know, they do like a bunch of segments in their pods. So they have the daily fail, um, which is usually some shitcoin scam that um, has gone sideways, and uh, then the daily meme and the daily news. And it's just a it's a really nice format. That's you know never never a um, it's always about 45 minutes to an hour and, uh, or, or less. Um, and, you know, they have fun doing it. It's just really interesting. You know, they're sponsored by Crypto Cloaks and um, guys like that. So it's, it's really interesting uh, content and very easy to engage with. Like, you know, it's pretty, it can be pretty hardcore. Like I said, today's episode was pretty hardcore, but um, those guys are, are pretty awesome. Um, Stefan Oliveira, uh, obviously, um, being an Aussie as well, um, you know, I, I think his... 
his content's amazing. Um, some of the more technical stuff I struggle with a little bit, but mm -hmm. um, but just generally speaking, it's very good. Um, and from a macroeconomic perspective, Preston Pish just blows me away. Yeah. Um, just really enjoy his discussions and uh, the people he talks to, and and probably more recently, um, just for for fun factor and depth of knowledge around credit was uh, Greg Foss is uh, is hilarious. So yeah, awesome. Yeah, he's come in all guns blazing, has Greg. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's good. Oh, he's, yeah. he's, entertain he's entertaining, but um, he doesn't he doesn't miss any of the end of the wall. So that's why I like the um, Shift versus Foss uh, on what Bitcoin did the other day. He yeah, I, I, I actually didn't watch that episode because I just see very little value in listening to Peter Schiff. No, um, so well, like we talked about on, this. We talked about this last last pod. I actually find it comforting watching Peter Schiff. I don't know why. I didn't watch it. I, I couldn't. Oh, listening. It. So I listen, but I, I find it comforting to hear how out of out of touch he is. I think it's all a it's all an act. I, I think he's perfectly well aware of. Um, the stance that he's taking clearly his son's all into Bitcoin. And um, so I, I think it's all just a, an engagement act. I don't think, you know, maybe guarantee he's got a massive stack. You reckon? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. He's not stupid. It's so disappointing. I, I, I always struggle with whether somebody is just um, sort of totally ignorant or just willfully deceptive. Yeah. And I, I can never pick it. He's like, engagement farming. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. You're probably right. Same as like, you know, I think I wrote a post the other day or tweet the other day. Um, Greg Foss is brilliant at ripping into Steve Hankey, the um, yeah. lecturer in uh, in the States. Like I find that constantly hilarious. But if you look at any of Hankey's posts, um, all of the engagement is Bitcoiners, you know, calling him out and just telling him like how disingenuous uh, and what a load of bullshit he spouts. Now, why does he write it all? Like, would you write that much stuff that you just constantly get abused? And he doesn't, oh, yeah, yeah. he doesn't respond to anything. Like it's, you know, I think I posted up a meme around self-flagellation. It's like, you know, are you doing this for fun or you just like people shitting on you? Like, um, yeah. you know, it's very strange behavior, but um, yeah. Yeah. It's, wow. it's, 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 it's funny to see the so-called intellectuals um, really struggling with it. And I think it's, for me, it comes down to people having to admit that a lot of what they've, you know, the value they've um, amassed in their life so far has been based on a lie. And it's very, very, all of us, not just, you know, all of us. So it's very difficult to admit that to yourself. But once you have, um, and it's very easy to do, like, well, it's, probably, it's, 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 yeah. practically, it's just, a, you know, it's a 10 second thing and then yeah, okay, yeah, you yeah. move on with your life. But, but it's very, also why why sort of break the status quo for them if it's the the lie has worked so well for them for yeah. so long. Well, it's the gold. Why bugs. would they? Yeah, yeah. Why would they want to change it? The gold bugs have been right this whole time. Yeah, right up until the point when it matters. <laughs> yeah. Right up, yeah. It's pretty tough, right? Right up until now. <laughs> right up until now. Um, All right, well, I I think it might be enough. Thanks for your time, Andy. What? That was awesome. Once you got more to. No, no. Just where would we? Where would where would people go, Andy? Where would they go? Find you if you want them. If you want that at all. Uh, AP underscore Bitcoin on Twitter. 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 Okay. Awesome. Perfect. Well, it's lovely, lovely to actually meet you for the first for the first time, and we'll uh, yeah, likewise do this again. We'll stay in touch. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, that was great. Thanks, Andy. Mate, really appreciate it. You have a good evening. You're welcome. Cheers. Take Cheers, it mate. easy. You too. Bye. Bye.